Hello, Innovate IPM community. It is Rob Williams, your host of the Innovate IPM podcast. Today, we have Clarence Montero on. Clarence is the founder and principal of the Teamwork Group. He's an engineer by training and has used that in his early career experiences to develop the Teamwork software and processes. Teamwork is a project management platform that ensures collaboration, integrated data, and even lessons learned across the entire project lifecycle. And today we're going to discuss how the hows and whys of project data and collaboration as Clarence shares his real world experience that he has working with clients and his platform. But before we get started on that, just a couple of quick notes. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, please go to iTunes and give us a like and a review. That is much appreciated. We're holding strong at uh, five stars and we want to keep that going. Also, go to innovateipm.com where you can sign up for our newsletter. Anything that's new that's happening, new podcasts, new training courses, uh, new blog posts, you will be notified via email. It's a good way to stay in touch. Also, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can get me at LinkedIn with uh, Rob Williams. Um, you should be able to find me there. If not, you can find me through Innovate IPM's LinkedIn company page. All right. So a couple of news about myself. Um, I have left the refining world. So those of you who are regular listeners know that I've been a cost estimator in refining for about five years now. Of course, it's been my bread and butter for a lot longer than that. But for the last five years, I've been at a refinery and I've moved into the tech side of things. So this is going to be pretty interesting for me. I think I'm pretty excited. It's uh, it's uh, a little scary because it's a whole new world for me, but I'm working to learn everything I can. And more importantly, I'm working to learn more about technology and how to continue to develop it for our industry and develop our industry by using technology. So this is an exciting time for me personally, and I'm certainly gonna take all of the lessons that I learn along the way and apply them here to the Innovate IPM world. So enough about me. Um, that's what we have Clarence here for today because he's been developing tech for our industry for over 20 years. So let's go ahead and talk to Clarence. I'm uh, Clarence Montero. I've uh, been working in the petrochem-related industry uh, for pretty much my entire career after, after graduating in civil engineering. And uh, I've worked in, on the upstream end in the North Sea, which is that body of water that lies between Britain and Norway and Germany and Holland. And... Uh, uh, to the midstream areas, which I've done a lot of work both there in the North Sea as well as up in Canada, and then done downstream work mostly in North America. Pretty much I've uh, been focused on the project controls world and in the process of doing all aspects of project controls, I've kind of evolved to an understanding that project controls is not a self-contained uh, entity like a lot of people try to make it, but it's very much integrated in a, in a whole, you know, so in a refinery setting, the project controls pieces are just a piece of the entire equation of things that are going on in, in, in a plant. Mm -hmm. And that holistic view is what we've tried to support in 
in uh, our support of project controls, uh, as well as the bigger ecosystem in which it resides. Okay. And your business is called? Uh, we're the Teamwork Group. Product is, or our service is called the Teamwork Solutions Platform. Well, tell us a little bit about the platform and how it is that you came up with this, uh, the idea to, to implement this. So the, the idea came about pretty organically. We, never, we didn't really start out uh, thinking about doing a platform. Uh, but as we worked with uh, teams in refineries and plants and on construction sites and in engineering offices over the last uh, couple of decades, we kept solve, helping them solve uh, data management problems in mostly project controls, uh, estimating, uh, cost control, uh, expediting, um, and uh, tracking of manpower needs and expenses and costs. And when we sort of married all of that together, as we went along, we developed the tools needed to quickly bring teams on board, uh, you know, teams that were using Excel spreadsheets or access databases if they needed to make that data more available to other team members. We were able, we enabled them to do that by putting them into a central database that eventually has become the platform. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in addition, it allowed other teams like operations and inspection and safety teams to also plug into the platform and be in, engaged in the process rather than being updated in meetings uh, and then having their own spreadsheets to manage. Gotcha. So you said you've been around for a couple of decades as the teamwork group. That's the name of the company. Where, how long ago did the platform start? So the platform, I'd say, was probably about 10 years now, uh, since uh, that would be the cloud version of the platform. We, um, we started developing directly for the cloud using cloud-specific uh, tools uh, and have been narrowly focused on cloud delivery for, for, for about 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. So how was that experience for you going from services to providing a technological solution? Uh, well, actually, from the very beginning, we were providing a technological solution. We started okay. out in Windows. Uh, and, you know, we, we never really were involved with providing an estimating service or a project controls or a cost control service. Those were not our focus. Uh, I see. people did that work. And we helped uh, their then do it in the same tool. We did start off in this thing back in the Windows days and then Web 1.0 and then uh, the cloud came along and uh, helped us to... Uh, it, the, the technology the technology evolution that's happened in the last 10 years kind of really fit the concept of a platform where... So we were building a platform before the technology was available for us to really make it viable uh, 24-7 in the cloud for everybody that's you know on site. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just as a, an aside, this age of COVID, uh, at least one client has really benefited from the cloud implementation. They've been able to do their sign-offs and reviews online uh, from from their home offices. It's been it's pretty beneficial already. Yeah, very good. So, um, especially now, 
especially in these sort of unprecedented times. We have COVID and we have different uh, social pressures on on the companies that are in oil and gas and energy, uh, petrochem too, right? Any kind of industrial type industry. Um, you know, what, what are the biggest changes that you're seeing that, that this platform provides benefits towards? Could you elaborate on what you just said about the COVID, for instance? Well, I, I think that uh, we're seeing a, you know, we've already seen a tremendous drop in demand for the products that our industry produces, uh, whether that demand is going to rise back up again to pre-COVID levels is questionable. So a lot of the plants and institutions and companies that we work with, I think, yeah, BP and uh, I think BP just let a whole bunch of people go just recently. So, I mean, there's a huge shakeup in our industry. And um, to my way of thinking, they're still going to need to keep uh, the refining business going and they're going to need to keep uh, maintenance going and, the, and operations, uh, but they may have to do it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, back back in the early days of our company, we, we helped with turnarounds. And somewhere around 20-some years ago, we saw an explosion in the number of people involved with turnarounds. So, mm-hmm. you know, in one case, it was it used five times as many project control staff most of them contracted to help do a turnaround. So I believe what we're going to see here in the next few years is a reversal of that pattern. We're going to see it drop back down, maybe not to uh, the levels we were before, but at least to maybe twice as many as we used to have. You know? So uh, uh, and a solution that brings all of a company's data together in one platform where all of the, the teams work off of one platform and minimize the use of standalone spreadsheets is going to help them be able to accomplish that more with less, basically. So I yes. think it's very viable, very uh, viable for this particular industry, uh, time frame and, and the industries uh, with the challenges they've got that we're going into. Gotcha. Yeah. And see, I've been in, I've been in the project control slash project management side of things for about 15 years. And that, that's something that I've heard a lot of guys who've been around a lot longer than me say that, that it didn't used to take so many people to do all this stuff. And then there was kind of an explosion of personnel to, to help manage that. And, uh, and, and then I, I, I'm just kind of wondering like what, what led to, because this, this is a time period that, that we're describing that is actually a, a probably digital transformation 3.0, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going from handwritten uh, documents to spreadsheets and email. So what, what, what do you think contributed to that explosion in need of personnel and the project controls and management at that time period? Well, what contributed to it was basically a lack of uh, integrated solutions at the time. So spreadsheets were a perfect way to uh, fragment the problem. So you, you know the, the whole the holistic turnaround problem was just fragmented into a bunch of little pieces that different people could go into their offices and work on their own spreadsheet or work on their own schedule or work on their own. Uh, Access database with cost control or whatever, and then uh, and those have become pretty much a an industry standard now. At any plant you go to, you've got 
both in-house and co- mostly contracted people doing this this type of add-on work. Right. Um, and just to give you a really stark example, I mean, people will hire uh, a consult a primavera scheduler to come in a couple of months before the turnaround to help schedule the turnaround, and then they'll leave uh, within a week of the turnaround. And if there was any value added to the lessons learned that they had, they just walked out the door with uh, with that scheduler, and so the, the plant never ends up with any benefit from all of the money that they've spent on this value added because the data is not in one place and there's no real way for them to analyze that the situation or, or gain any lessons learned you know using historical analysis or anything like that so so they just keep repeating the the, the, the process rinse lather repeat mm-hmm. for the next turnaround that's right and yeah. and, uh, and and it's uh, a cycle that I think a lot of them have realized that they can solve, but th- there's never really been a solution to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's the, ra- the lack of a solution is the root cause of that explosion in manpower. Gotcha. So let's talk about the solution that you provide. You, you described yours as a, uh, I, I described it as a hub. You had a different analogy. Explain your, uh, the football field analogy. Yeah. So uh, basically you've got everybody, uh, each of the different teams in your uh, um, plant, the safety team, the inspection team, the reliability, the engineering, operations, maintenance, are all different teams that are within your your big team. And they're all sitting on the sideline. And one of them, you know, the offense goes in and they do their work, but everybody's working off of the same playbook. Um, and, they're, and you've got the coach, which is the – uh, the manager, uh, the plant manager, has basically got the, the game, and he knows, you know, which which teams uh, are going to handle which thing. But they're all they're all working on the same to the same end. And I feel that uh, certainly uh, just a platform to me, the football pitch, the, the field itself is the platform so, mm-hmm. uh, that everybody works on, and, and they've got it. It keeps them all in a familiar zone. Uh, another analogy is the plant itself, a site. The site is the boundary of the site has all of the units in it. All of the units and processes are all happening within that site. Uh, why does your software not reflect your, or why, why does your, your platform not reflect the site itself? You know, it needs to be a mirror yeah. image of the thing and everybody works on the same platform, just like they work on the same site instead of mm-hmm. which they now walk into their own office, start up an Excel spreadsheet, and nobody else sees any of the data that they put in there, and it's lost to everybody else. So could you elaborate on maybe what this thing looks like from cradle to grave? Let's say we start a, we start a program using the teamwork uh, platform, and then, and then how, does it, how does it work along the way? I mean, not, not, not to get technical or anything like that, just a high-level understanding of, of what the process looks like from a layman's perspective. Well, Pretty much any endeavor and a project or a turnaround is an endeavor of a kind has a, a pretty much five major stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first stage is this, what we call the strategic stage, the stage when you plan everything uh, or, or you decide what it is you're going to do. So if, if your endeavor was to plan your annual trip, uh, you decide where you're going to go. You decide... Uh, 
you know, perhaps how you're going to go, if you're going to take a, a cruise ship or you're going to fly. Uh, so that's the strategic phase. Once you've decided that and you've decided the scope of what you're going to do, you then go into what we call the tactical stage, which is the period when you start detailing out the, the process. And uh, in, this, in the case of the turnaround, you're detailing out the packages. Uh, you're figuring out the manpower needs, the step, the job steps involved, the manpower needs, the equipment needs, the services that you need for each of those steps, mm-hmm. and the logic that ties those steps together. And then once you've, you've done all of your, uh, what we call the, the detailed uh, phase or this tactical phase, uh, you can then roll into the logistical, which is actually uh, getting other vendors and contractors to start uh, supplying you the materials and getting ready to supply you the labor and so forth to get and get them trained up and safety attuned to safety considerations and so forth so that when when the next phase the fourth phase the execution phase comes along they're ready to go and uh, you execute if that was your trip you actually go on your trip and enjoy it uh, for the turnaround you make sure that you have a safe quality turnaround that uh, everybody is able to go home at the end of the turnaround. And then you go to the completion phase where you where you summarize everything and analyze everything that you did and you repose out the books on it and you record your lessons learned so that the very next time you go through this process, you're actually starting from an improved location rather than repeating the mistakes of the last time. And that, goes, that five-step process pretty much covers uh, how a turnaround works how maintenance can work, a maintenance program, how a project can can work from uh, concept to completion. Yeah, I think, uh, some people. I think you think there's one of your guys talked about the FEL process. So this is part. So that is the FEL process. Sure. We will follow that. Yeah, and I think having these process-driven approaches are, are is really the best way to do it. I'm involved with a lot of different. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm involved with a lot of different. Uh, uh, professional network level stuff, AACE and others. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see the variety of approaches that people take, you know, and, and sometimes, and, and, and it, as I was coming up in, in my particular field, I saw this actually a lot, uh, especially working for smaller and, and mid-sized engineering firms where the processes were almost uh, non-existent. So, it really wouldn't take very much to to drive some improvements in those areas, but having a the big picture that you just described, that whole process from from beginning to end, that, that that's where I think a lot of your mid to small size projects probably need the most um, the most help. And I'm not sure what what level of projects that, that your company is typically dealing with, average size or whatever, but it seems to me that those are the the areas of uh, pain-pointed areas. Yeah, well, we've worked with uh, multiple billion-dollar projects and pipelines, and uh, we've also worked on turnarounds, which you run into the multiple millions, 20 to 30 to 40 million. Uh, So, I mean, we've we've worked on a variety of different uh, projects. The, The one thing I can say that I've yet to see in any location is a process driven approach. So, uh, the process, and I mean more than just having the processes and procedures written down, I mean having them actually embedded in the system so that 
uh, check boxes, sign off check boxes pop up in front of the right people when the right steps are already done. Uh, uh, having status of a progress of a package automatically change a color or something that so that it shows you where it is based on the data that's in it rather than somebody saying, oh, I'm 50% done or I'm, I'm done with something. You know, so having the system become the, the sensor mm-hmm. of where, where the evolution of the project is or of a package or of, uh, of any process. And, uh, and that, the only way that happens by, is by embedding the processes in the system. So step one is to convert all of those Word documents and video diagrams of flow, flow, process flow and workflow and have that as a foundation in the system to mirror exactly what process you want for your company, for your site. And then from that point on, everybody's playing the same game because they, they're using the system. The system's kind of giving them the white lines on the road to stay within to accomplish the objectives. And again, back to that completion stage. Uh, you do in your analysis of how everything went. If you don't like the way a certain process went, you just go modify that process so that the next time around, people are doing it slightly differently based on what you've learned on this go around. Mm-hmm. So that embedding of processes is really critical, and I see that as the as the core of this digital transformation era. That that's the core challenge is to take those word uh, documents of processes and procedures that you give to somebody when they walk in the door and don't even bother with that. Just make sure that it's in the system that they're going to use when they walk in the door. Let me ask you this, going kind of going back to what we were talking about with uh, the challenges we face now and, and how we improve things. You know, I think I agree with you 100%. I think the efficiency levels are going to have to increase. Uh, I think it, in order for a lot of these businesses to stay profitable, um, expenses have to go down and, and revenue has to go up. I mean, it's, it's just basic business in the project world, you know, especially if you're dealing with, uh, very heavy industry, say refineries is a good example. A lot of their, a lot of their expenses are projects. Um, in fact, I could say probably most of their expenses are projects. That's why a lot of these organizations are driven by their construction departments. Oftentimes, maintenance and constructions end up driving the entire budgets. So what do you think are critical changes we can make now to face this sort of future where things have to be cheaper and more uh, effective? Well, I, I, what I just said about uh, embedding processes in, into a common platform, I think that is... Uh, that's the sleeping giant that's just sitting there waiting for it. It's the, I don't know, the low hanging fruit. Or it's the thing that you've already done. Everybody's already got this procedure and process written down. It, it's in a document and the document's buried on, in a SharePoint folder somewhere or multiple documents. Mm-hmm. And it's entitled procedures for fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. take that procedures and embed it into your, into your, your, your uh, platform. And then you don't, and then you know that you're not having somebody spend a week reading procedures and then forgetting them about them and then going to work and just in an ad hoc way, which is where you start wasting your time and effort. So, yeah. I mean, why bother having procedures if you, if people aren't following them? And that's more or less what's happening today. Yeah. 
And you mentioned you mentioned embedding those procedures might look like checklists and, and some other things. What, what else might, might that look like? Well, the, there was the checklist thing is one. Uh, KPIs can come from your procedures where the system tracks automatically tracks mm-hmm. your uh, the number of packages that reached a particular uh, milestone. Like for example, uh, planning completed, uh, and all of this w- would happen through your procedure approach. You'd, you'd have sign-offs for uh, uh, review and accountability. So the racy your RACI structure would be enabled with sign-offs uh, automatically. So, I mean, you would there wouldn't be uh, a need for each project to sort of establish uh, procedures because you just be following along with the standard procedures. Um, and the, that's the beauty of it is, is having having the system have your standards and not having new people. Imagine, I mean, I, you know, somebody goes out and hires a new scheduler or, or estimator or cost control person and they come in and they bring along their baggage of their experience which mm-hmm. is good it's not necessarily a bad thing however you know you've already got your procedures <laughs> and you've got to follow those procedures and so that, uh, this way you kind of give them a framework within which to operate and maybe add value to so uh, I think I think that this is the, the sleeping uh, uh Body of work that's just waiting for people to tap into the, the mine of functionality that can be generated from just having your procedures and processes digitalized. Mm-hmm. Is there any emerging tech right now that you like that may expedite that process? Um, you know, that's a good point. I, I I'm not aware of something that could expedite the inclusion of procedures and processes into a system. Um, there's a lot of business process management tools out there. Uh, but uh, to my mind, the shortcoming with them is that they are not integrated with the processes that people are doing. So to put it simply, I'd like to have the project controls team be working on a platform that already has the procedures built in mm-hmm. so that they're not trying to decide who's on their distribution list for being updated. The procedures already identified all of that. Um, so uh, this this accumulation of functionality into one platform is is I think the, the mission that we seem to have targeted, and I don't see that anybody else has gone and targeted it that widely. Well, I guess I guess more specifically, I'm thinking of of things like uh, not to get buzzwordy or anything, but things like smart contracts and and uh blockchain technologies do you think any of that might some at some point be integrated into tools like yours to improve the process integration okay yeah i see what you're saying yeah so for for sure that's exactly i think that a common platform is your foundation for enabling those tools Mm -hmm. much faster and much more accurately so blockchain would need a foundation like this as would uh, the concept of smart contracts, you know, procurement, and, and you do have these uh, procurement systems out there already, but they're not integrated with your estimate estimating system. Uh, there, so you have to have this transition of data into your procurement world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, if you had it all on the common platform, you could you could then, like you said, uh, uh, add on a, a smart bid and a smart review and a smart quote quote system on top of. Uh, uh, 
to your process and get much faster feedback and much better engagement with a, a bigger variety of, uh, of vendors mm-hmm. and about, uh, suppliers. Um, the same goes for like AI. You know, if you have a foundation like this with a whole bunch of data in it and consistent data, you've got a much better opportunity for learning from what you've done. If your data is in a bunch of Excel spreadsheets, you're just never going to learn from it. And that's really what part of the problem right now is, is we're not, um, we, we don't have a way to actually analyze what we've done for the last 20 years. You know, other than we, we you hear people say things like, well, you know, things, nothing's improved. Uh, you know, I've been working in this area and, and nothing's improved or it's gotten worse, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is a real, opportunity or what we're delivering as a tool to make that improvement uh, and to just, you know, start doing, doing the, the needed stuff. And I might add that I think that the real beneficiary of this is, well, everybody who works on the plant is going to be a beneficiary, but the person that needs to make the decision on it is pretty much the plant managers uh, uh, or the department managers or even the corporate managers. I mean, these are the people who are presiding over a, a degree of chaos right now. There's really, I mean, yes. through no fault of their own, they've inherited yeah. chaos. And and they need to recognize that, and they need to recognize that they need to enable the people that are working for them with a tool uh, or a set of tools that, that beat the company objectives rather than expecting your latest news contractor who just got in the gate to become you know, your, your knight in shining armor that's yeah. going to save your company, you know, <laughs> which is too often, too often. What people expect, oh, yeah, we've got this great new scheduler. He's going he's gonna to save us here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I see it all the time, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the pain point is with the manager, and the manager needs to make that decision. And uh, I believe that, yeah, that's part of the leadership that's needed, right? Um, they've got to feel you got to feel the pain that, that you're and, – and, and interestingly enough, the, if you were to go and talk to the, the, the planners and the schedulers and the estimator people, they may be less likely to buy into this because they actually see this those little silos that they live in as empowering. They're, they're empowered by those. And I don't mean to be that being sort of mean-spirited about it, but the bottom line is is that they don't, they have, they don't necessarily see the big picture – that the company needs to, you know, you know, from a company perspective. And so they, they tend to push back on these kinds of initiatives. I, I can give you a good example of that because a lot of what I spend my time doing is trying to improve data entry processes so that we have cost estimators doing cost estimating and not data entry. Mm-hmm. We want our cost estimators to be analyzers. We want to be them. We want them to be quality assurance. Mm-hmm. We want them to be um, people who who are using the highest level of their of their brain functions to improve the cost world, which, as you know, is is terrible when you look at the stats. Yeah. But the pushback that I get from other estimators is, "Hey, that's how I bill my time." <laughs> Right. You nail, yeah, you yeah. hit the nail on the head. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, it's billable, it comes out of billable time, and I realize that. And I've been there. I've been in that industry, so I know. I know the value of that. And I, but there comes a point with you know, it's a tug of war, right? The owner's needs versus the, the contractor's needs. And I, 
I think at this point in time, especially in this era, I think the owners needs need that attention and anything we can do to keep owners viable is going to benefit all of us fundamentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no sense in killing the owner, you know, because you're a parasite that just doesn't realize that that owner is, uh, you know, on his last legs. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> yeah, take him out of the equation and nobody's working. Nobody's working, exactly. <laughs> so, so, they, so having a better process on the owner side is definitely key. Definitely. Do you think there's any side effects to putting this technology in that maybe we're not aware of yet, or maybe we just haven't recognized yet positive side effects of this digital transformation and how we're moving to integrated platforms such as yours? Boy, um, I, yeah, I would say, you know, I, it's, it's a syndrome. I I call it, you, you don't know what, uh, second base looks like until you get to first base. You know, the view okay. of the field changes uh, when you get to when you get down the field a little bit. And so, until you get there, you're not going to really fully realize all of the potential that you now have has now become visible. Yeah. So, getting started is really key. You know, you've got to start swinging at that ball, ball, so that you can get to first base. And um, and my my feeling is that. Uh, for me to second guess all of the potential benefits that you're going to see when you go there, I mean, I can, but there's a lot of stuff that you realize, people realize on their own, and then they become the drivers of the, the progress mm-hmm. you know, as soon as they start seeing some of the benefits. And then they want to get on and, and move further down the field. So that's definitely a, a, a positive. Uh, one of the negatives is, and I know I shouldn't be talking about negatives, but you know, it's a reality thing. It's okay. is, is that people are so accustomed to opening up an Excel spreadsheet and doing their own thing that when somebody says, oh, no, I need you to do your estimate here, uh, there's this, oh, my gosh, you know, that's a whole new thing. I don't know if I really like that. And so they start pushing back a little bit. And SAP provides a good example of this where everybody who uses SAP pretty much relies on their ability to export data from it to an Excel spreadsheet to, to manipulate it, you know, and do some other things with it. and uh, uh, so this this approach, uh, people initially anyway see that they need to feel like they need to export to Excel and do things like that. But I but I also think that a solution like this is going to survive uh, if it can demonstrate and make it obvious to the users that uh, the system is like Excel on steroids, where it actually does everything that an Excel can do, and then some because of the collaboration that it brings to the equation mm-hmm. you know, and a shareable piece. So, Gotcha. No, so I think it's an excellent answer. And uh, I really like the analogy, get to first base so you can find a new view of the field. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's that's very good. Well, listen, Clarence, um, is there anything else we haven't talked about that maybe you want to add to the content here? Um, I, I would just say that, you know, uh, like any – uh, anything new, and this is kind of a new concept, this common platform through project controls people and industrial project management generally, uh, uh, is key to just get started uh, and not feel like you have to start with putting all of your procedures in. Maybe just start with uh, with an estimate spreadsheet or a, uh, uh, a set of things that you need to buy, your procurement list. Uh, if you want to just get that as your commit, so that you can get your commitments in the system or your timekeeping or whatever, 
you can basically just start with the pain point that you have and then start building from there. And mm -hmm. the system should be able to allow you to backfill your processes when you're ready. And so you're able to basically go in either direction and, and build out what you need to build. It's kind of like doing a jigsaw puzzle. You, you don't have to start at the edges. You can start in the middle. You can start in, you know, wherever, build up the tree or whatever. Uh, but you'll end up with the thing being built. And it, it, the biggest, the most important thing is getting it started. Excellent advice. I really appreciate that. So how can people get a hold of you, Clarence? Well, uh, we've got a, a website at uh, uh, cleanworkgroup.com. Uh, and that's a good starting point. I would say that would probably be the best place to, to go to. We're on LinkedIn as well, and you can find us there. We've got our, our teamwork group uh, site on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. So, so you get a hold of us at any of those places. Good deal. And we'll definitely include all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you didn't have time to take notes, uh, just go to the show notes, and we're going to have all of Clarence's contact uh, information that he provides to us there. Clarence, thank you so much for being on. I think it's been a great conversation. I feel like we could talk about this stuff for a long time. We're going to have to do it again so we can keep going. That sounds good. I enjoy thank it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you.